2021 has been the year of the creator. We're in the middle of season five of The Idea Fountain, and in every episode, we've been deep diving on the creative journey. Today, in season five, episode five, we'll talk about subscription with Mickey Shiloh, who has created a subscription record label called Hard Drive. Her platform is a game changer, and I love her personal evolution of being an artist to an entrepreneur, to the most empowered version of an artist she's ever been. Before we talk to her, a reminder, there are five seasons of the Idea Fountain available now. All interviews of people who've changed my life and inspired me and conversations to help you lean into your purpose and accelerate your dreams. Keep in touch with us by following at the Idea Fountain on Instagram or checking out juliepilot.co. If you want some more good karma points, share an episode or leave a review. This is the Idea Fountain, life-changing conversations. So, Mickey Shiloh, I am so excited to talk to you today on the Idea Fountain because all season we've been focusing on creators. Yeah. And even if we don't have all the answers, I think it's important to continue the conversation about rights. Uh, about new ways of doing things and how creators can make a sustainable living. I'm so impressed and I'm really obsessed with the idea of subscription. And you absolutely blew my mind because you have a subscription record label with hard drive. Explain what that means. Because I'll say when we were talking originally, I told you this, when I heard you at a subscription record label, I thought it was like the old school. There used to be like a sub pop singles collection that oh, you right. would sign up for and every month sub pop would send you a new record. That's not right. what it is. This is like artist <laughs> facing for the artist instead yeah. of signing to a record label. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, something like this didn't exist two years ago even. I remember when I thought of the idea, actually, I like telling the idea story. Um, I was just driving uh, from Los Angeles back home to the Bay Area. You know, it's a five hour drive just in the middle of cows and shit. <laughs> and I had this thought, like, I have so many artists that DM me asking me, where do I get my cover artwork? Where do I get my mixing and mastering done? And then on the other side, I'm like, wow, I have so many engineer friends. I have so many graphic designer friends. And I had been for the past maybe six months, this is back 2018, 2019, I had been hitting my head against a wall, trying to figure out how I was going to build a business for myself. And I, at the time, was kind of obsessed with subscriptions because that's just monthly recurring revenue, which I didn't have as a songwriter, as an artist. It's always like waiting for a check and just yeah the money didn't make any sense at that time literally s or wait c-e-n-t-s no sense anyway um so i that day when i thought of that when i finally got home to the bay area i sat down i got on wix.com which is like a drag and drop website builder and uh, and it has already an integration for subscriptions it's already built for you right dragged that on there i started thinking about pricing and it just came to me i was like i could charge 
59 a month for an artist. They keep all of their rights. We don't have anything to do with publishing. You keep 100% of your publishing. And when an artist chooses to upload a song through us, which we use DistroKid for our admin, we'll just take 5% versus a label owning 100% of your masters, which makes absolutely no sense at all. And for that $59 a month, fives and nines and fours and sevens and all of that, I'd been learning about psychological pricing. It just, it worked. I was like, you can get three free cover artworks. You can get discounted mix masters, $100 mix masters. And all of this, I was able to provide it so cheap only because of my relationships with, you know, the service provider side. So all of that to say, it just made so much sense to me in that moment. But what's weird is it was just so, it was so obvious. It was such a no brainer. And then I look, I go and look like subscription-based record label. Nothing like it existed. Like I said, nothing like it existed. After I built Hard Drive on Wix, over obviously the past two and a half years, other types of companies have started to emerge. And you see things like United Masters now doing subscriptions. And maybe that was always on the roadmap. Um, I see some other companies trying to do what we're doing as well. But what I always do is I just focus on what we're doing on the community. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into community more later. Um, but yeah, it just, I, to be honest, and I'm always honest, it honestly, in the beginning, was a money thing for me. I was thinking, wow, like $59, not a lot. Um, you know, you get 100,000 artists on something like that, you know, you're set. It was definitely a money thing and obviously wanting to help artists by not charging them a lot. Um, but yeah, I just, I always want to be transparent with that, that it was a total business mindset in the beginning. Run right? me through as an artist, the yeah. resources you really need to successfully oh. release a project and what's available on hard drive. Talent. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, you need the talent. Um, so the resources available on hard drive, like I said, we've got artwork, promo videos, uh, lyric videos, access to engineers, the best engineers. We have Meg the Stallion's engineer source is on there. He's doing $100 mixes. He charges 2,500 to five grand a mix, right? It's just, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, we have a Roku and Amazon Fire TV channel so we can upload our artists' uh, videos to our Roku and Amazon Fire TV channel. We have one-on-one -on -one mentorship with me. Um, we have someone that does TV film sync uh, mentorship. Um, my CXO does one-on-one uh, -on -one mentorship. It's all just vetted industry professionals, really basically doing artist development, which doesn't exist anymore. So, you know, we went from our first year, we had 300 members. By the way, in the first week, it was 10 people signed up. And I was like, oh, I didn't, I knew it was a good idea, but I was like, oh, this actually could go somewhere. First month, 30 people. And then just first year 300 and then next year was 1400 now this year going into our third year 2800 members and that's completely word of mouth i haven't spent a dime marketing i love saying that because it really goes to show how good we are quality wise and to the people because it's really it actually is really about the people at the end of the day now in the beginning it may not have started that way it was kind of there was a duality there i'm not trying to sound like i'm just a money person but I was broke. I was literally broke with platinum plaques on my wall. And I'm just an American that's like, okay, I'm trying to live the American dream. Like we need to figure this out. Um, well, yeah. let's talk about that though, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, people may or may not know that you are an artist and yes. started your career very young. 
Yeah. And what I love is when you stepped into this entrepreneur CEO role, you yeah. didn't say, oh, I'm retiring from music. I'm going to focus on tech. You're doing both hand yeah. in hand. So yeah. talk a little bit about your history as an artist and sure. how hard drive has maybe um, reinvigorated it or yes. like taken it to another level. I love that. Um, yes, I've always been an artist, songwriter. I started professionally when I was 15. That's when I got my first publishing deal um, with a producer named Chad Dexter. He was signed to uh, 50 Cent, uh, the whole G Unit gang back in the day. I met Chad on MySpace. Um, and he's really the one that taught me about songwriting. I didn't know that artists didn't write for themselves because I was an artist that wrote for myself. And I just assumed Britney Spears wrote her songs and everyone wrote their songs. Anyway, learned a lot from Chad. Uh, then when I was 17, I got introduced to Rodney Jerkins or Dark Child, huge R&B pop producer, everyone from Michael Jackson to Whitney Houston to Justin Bieber, right? Destiny uh, Child, Dark Child 99. Destiny Ch Dark Child 99. <laughs> yeah, um, that's, I used to think he was saying Dark Child Nana. I, I didn't understand, 99, I, I, 99. By the way, do you know, <laughs> did I ever tell you I, uh, in about 99, got a black cat and I named it Dark Child? <laughs> I'm done. Okay, that is hilarious. That yeah. is hilarious. Mean <laughs> ass cat. <laughs> I'm done. Um, yeah, met uh, met Dark Child. He signed me three months after meeting him. Uh, and, you know, I'm so grateful for those times. I moved to LA. I got into USC. He actually wrote me a recommendation letter. I always, I love to say that because I'm like, would I have gotten into USC? I don't know. I would have. I'm pretty smart. <laughs> but um, so moved out to LA, um, kept working with him and, you know, Janet Jackson, Britney Spears, um, Chantel, uh, you know, Ray J, all the stuff that was popping back then, we were doing it. All these artists were coming to the studio, the Lady Gagas, the Beyonce's. It's just like crazy. Um, and I ended up uh, ending that work relationship when I was 19. So we worked together for about two years. Um, and the reason that I ended that was I was unhappy. You know, I I was unhappy from a business standpoint completely. Like creatively, I learned so much from that team and I'm very grateful for it. So I'm 29 now, it's been 10 years. I've been uh, completely independent. Um, I was however signed to a publishing deal still with him until I was 24. And this is no reflection of him, but it was really hard to be stuck in something, you know, when you have no contact with that person anymore and they're just not, you know, that side just isn't letting you go. And that's a common story. So I'm, I'm not like- All the time to artists. Yeah, the all the time. Label and the label president leaves or right. the NR rep leaves or there's just this regime change. And then you're locked into these long-term deals. Yep. We but... were just talking about it this morning. You know why? Because I was thinking about I'm such a big fan, not only of her, but what she does with her whole crew, Janelle, Monet, and Wonderland. Like, oh, I love yes. all those artists so much. And yeah. I, I, it's like, you know, Jadena, but then there's other artists around her that are very fascinating. And I was like, I wonder what's going on with Wonderland. Mm. And I was looking and the first article that comes up was, Janelle signs to, or Wonderland signs a deal with Epic Records. And I'm like, well, right. before LA left, you know, and 
you just get stuck. I mean, it's really, yeah, it's, it's just a matter of funding at the end of the day. That's what you're getting. A label is a bank. Um, but yeah, losing contact with your point person is the worst thing ever. Um, you know, non-responsive email, like, you know, sending one-sided emails all the time. It's a huge headache, but that was just further fuel for me to just continue building up what I was doing independently. Super uh, lonely, uh, super high ups, downs, extremes, <laughs> um, especially adding in being bipolar for real. <laughs> well, um, I think that that's important though. That was one thing I wanted to talk to you about Yeah, yeah. because you're very transparent and honest about your mental health, which yeah. I love Thank you. because, you know, I think that so many people that are really creative are, you know, um, yes a lot of times challenged by, I mean, different, like whether it's anxiety or depression yep. or, yep. you know, you talk about being bipolar and a lot of times it's only amplified because they turn to self-medication. I was just about to say, yeah, the self-medicating for me, it was drinking and weed, never done any crazy drugs. I can't imagine having been manic and doing hardcore drugs. Like, I don't think I would be alive, honestly. So I'm very grateful that I'd never strayed too far outside of what was in my immediate uh, circle. But um, yeah, so adding that into the barrel of just being a female minority, young female minority in the music industry that is so shark driven. You know, I've had so many experiences with men in the industry that aren't flattering. Um, so yeah, it was it was hard but so many people have a hard time. Um, I'm very grateful for all the experiences. Um, but yeah, so that's my journey as an artist and a songwriter. It was very high paced at a very young age, met and worked with everybody that I wanted to. And it felt like I got old really fast. Like I felt like I was like 35 when I was 20. I had a mental breakdown at 20 because I thought I was getting too old. And I like, I look at my, I'm like about to be 30, like, wow, I was so young. You don't realize in the time. Um, but so then how the entrepreneurship really kicked off. Uh, I've always been an entrepreneur. I, I like to talk about, you know, my schooling. I, I was, uh, I went to school with Steve Jobs' son and Bernard Kosla's daughter, you know, one of the guys that started JavaScript. And, you know, these were like my friends. So I was always, you know, my playdates were on acres of vineyards and like in glass houses and and I wasn't rich my family wasn't rich so I had I always like to say like from a young age I had no limit to my imagination that's something that I always say and it's so true so I'm very blessed to have seen what is possible in the world um since I was five um so always had kind of the entrepreneur spirit the school I went to was very very um on us about that. Like you can do anything you put your mind to. And we learned a lot about business in elementary type of ways. So anyway, you said the word reinvigorated. Um, that was, that's exactly what it was for me. So when I hit around 25, I was, I started to make more money. I was doing really well on a site called soundbetter.com. Um, I, I found soundbetter.com through a friend of mine and with that, it's a website that, um, it actually got bought by Spotify, but now they just bought themselves back. It's crazy. Anyway, uh, you know, you provide your services as a singer songwriter. Can people hire, used to hire me to do songs like all around the world. I'd get clients and I was starting to make really good money. 10,000, 
dollars a month up to $13,000 a month on sound better on one website. It was crazy. I had never experienced making that type of money in the music industry, even with Janet Jackson placements, Britney Spears, Pitbull, you know, we can, that's a whole other discussion about publishing and <laughs> how that even works. But, um, but I wasn't happy still. Um, I actually would have rathered be broke and feeling fulfilled versus just existing and making like that amount of money. I know it's really weird. Um, so I was like, okay, I don't want to be broken, fulfilled. I actually want to be making this amount of money and more and also be fulfilled. So I was like, okay, well, what's going to fulfill me? I have to do work to figure out what my, what I feel my real purpose is. And what I realized is I, I kept finding myself feeling like I was only as good as my last song. I wasn't helping anyone. So I was like, oh, maybe I want to help people. Like, maybe that's what it is. Cause I've been living this like selfish artist songwriter life. And so I started uh, in 2018, the end of 2018, I started doing consultations with people. I was like, I'm just going to take, I felt like a fraud, honestly, which is weird. It's like the imposter syndrome, right? My first three consults, I was like feeling like, why do people even want to talk to me? Like, that's what I was thinking internally. And then when I started doing the consultations and I realized people didn't know, like you were saying, even what they needed, like, where do I get artwork? Uh, how much is a mix master? Like all of these things that were very basic to me, I realized so many people needed. And so that really shifted my mindset. And then this was during my journey of learning about subscriptions and building a business. And I heard Tony Robbins say, uh, you don't have a business until you build a system that can be sold. Hmm. So that's when I started thinking about more about subscriptions. Cause I was like, I don't, I make good money like on sound better. Right. But that's not something I can sell. I'm my business. There's an, I can't, if I stop working, then the money stops. And that's not a way to, I want to build generational wealth. I want to build something that continues to generate money. It, it can't just be all on me. Long story short, <laughs> after all of this, this thinking of how I'm going to build a business and match my skill, my skill sets with the people that need help. It was that drive from, you know, LA to the Bay area. I was just driving and it hit me, but it was after six months of me being so frustrated, not, not knowing what I was going to do. Um, feeling very lost. Like, I don't want to just be writing songs for money the rest of my life. What am I going to do when I'm 40, 50, 60, 70? I'm not going to be able to do that. I don't even think I'm going to have social security, but like, you know? Uh, so sometimes, sometimes you just have to give yourself space. Yes. Our mind tells us that we need to work harder and come up with the answers and hit all these people, but you end up just with this like frantic energy. And uh, it's funny, I did that the other night. I was spinning and thinking I needed to do all these things and it was late. And nobody's wanting emails from me at 9 30, 10 o'clock at night, right? And I finally was just, I made a list of here's what I'm gonna tackle in the morning. Yes. And I went over and was like, I'm really trying to wind down as much as I wind up. Like if it's some yoga before bed Ooh. or like read a little bit or something, because I'll get up early and wind up for the day, but then I can just pass out at night. Yeah. So I like started doing it. And as soon as I turned it off, man, I was getting text. Somebody answered an email. You got to give yourself some space. And I think that matters. Like, I know I get some of the most ideas when I go on walks in the morning. Aww. And like you saying that, you know, you were on this drive, you gave yourself some space. 
no and music, nothing, just space. All, it all came to you. Yep, exactly. That you know what? No one's ever said it like that because you know when I'm living my LA life, everything's moving, so many moving parts. And specifically on that drive, I wasn't listening to music. I was I was just thinking for five hours, space, quiet. Wow, that's dope. <laughs> and I mean, it, you did it. Yeah. So Nikki, like there's so many creatives and I like talking about creatives, even though you quadruple down on music. I think there's <laughs> so many people that are making things right now, whether they're screenwriters or they want to start their own clothing business or like i talked to this girl lara um mm -hmm. from oh, i get so self-conscious every time i say it because i can hear my high school french teacher in my ear but her company's fleurs et sel it wasn't great <laughs> uh, you know you have to have a business to run a business now right like when you're talking about the graphic design or the promotional tools and stuff like that. Um, what advice do you have for young creatives? Oh man, so much advice. Finish what you start, create a system for yourself as early as you can uh, with organizing your assets, uh, no matter what you do. Like you said, screenwriters, uh, songwriters, um, I look back, if you, if this is your career and you plan to do it for many decades, you, you want to have a system in place, especially to find old stuff. Like, um, I look back, it took me the past three years to go through my hard drive and organize sessions that were like all over on different hard, like different hard drives and just really messy. And so I finally, after three years of organizing, got everything into its year folder, who produced it. And I wish I had started that way because it would have been so much easier to start releasing things. So this is actually, I'm glad you brought up that I quadruple down on putting music out. That's actually how I'm able to put so much music out is I'm refactoring old songs, either re-singing them, getting them reproduced. Um, and that's a lot, a majority of what I've been releasing the past two years is older songs. Um, so yeah, I would tell creatives, start a system for organization early, no matter what you're doing. Um, and I would also say, uh, especially for musicians, oh man, please learn the business. I know it's boring, but it's, it's the difference between making a dollar and a million dollars when you understand the difference between publishing and master and, and all of that. So as creatives, the business side is sadly something that most of us lack, but I don't want to perpetuate that narrative because it doesn't need to be that way. If someone like me exists that can do both, I know there's so many people that can exist by balancing both the business and um, the creative side. Um, and actually speaking of balance, cause I, I know um, people always ask me like how I balance artistry with business. And I think balance is really a myth at the end of the day, because when you think, I heard this recently, actually, when you think of balance, you think nobody move like, I have to balance my social lifetime with the me time, my career time, but that's just not how life works. You know, like you have different priorities that shift as you grow and 
and you just got to go with the flow. You got to go with the flow of the priorities. So I, I don't feel like I balance my artist and my business. I think it's all encompassing. It's me. I focus on what I need to during the times that I need to. I don't strive for balance or perfection. I just strive for progress. I know that's cliche to say, but it's true. I just strive for progress, getting 1% better every day getting done what I need to get done, which is in line with my priorities. And right now my priority is hard drive, a hundred thousand percent hard drive, um, because it is giving me so much fulfillment seeing people. I love when I talk to an artist that for instance, never posts on social media. And I'm like, you know, you need to post so people can discover you. And then they start applying it and they start using Canva and they start, you know, uh, finally they get past the fear of uploading their first song. And then they start releasing every month and then every two weeks. And it's just so like fulfilling for me to see people moving past their fears. So yeah. Before we make sure everybody fully understands how to connect with hard drive, how to be involved, yeah. I know community is so important to you. If you were to shout out, let's say, whether it's five artists or creatives that people should follow or know about, because there's so mm. many people in my heart that should be a thousand times more famous than they are. Like, yeah. who do you really want to, I don't know, give some props to? I mean, it's got to be my people like <laughs> I can't even think of people that are necessarily well known. The first person I think of uh, is my boy Death Beach. I think his Instagram is Death Beach underscore. And he is the only person that only creative person that I've seen talking so heavily about NFTs for creatives. And I don't want to even get into an NFT conversation right now because it's something still so new to me. Um, but yeah, Death Beach is really on top of the NFT space and where it's going for music, uh, which is so important because cryptocurrency, blockchain, all of that is Definitely. It's not a question at this point. It's definitely going to be the way that the music industry is functioning in the next, I would say, five years. Um, a lot of back end will be more so in that space. So Death Beach, um, Johnny Wisdom, who's the CXO of Hard Drive, he is always he is the for the people person. Um, he is always uh, just motivational, mo motivational Monday through Friday, uh, honestly. Um, when it comes to creatives, just pumping them up in a very genuine way and is very brutally honest uh, with you if you ain't it. <laughs> um, uh, let's see, Geo, he's another um, one of our team members, Geo Works. He is a producer. He does uh, two collab sessions per week, five hours long with our community. It's just like people just giving up so much of their time for people, right? Um, I'm trying to think let's someone outside of like the hard drive team. Like I said, it's my priority. So it's all I'm thinking about at all times. <laughs> um, honestly, those are my top three. Those guys go super hard. They Quality go super over hard. quantity. I like it. Yeah. And I saw you just had a shift with hard drive. Like I feel like the door oh. closed on yeah. your founders, right? Will you talk about if people now want to look into what you're doing, get involved, join up with hard drive, yeah. what do they need to know? 
Yeah, so just we just closed down to new signups only because we're about to relaunch our uh, a new web app. So we have to migrate our users to the new web app, which is like a very technical process. Um, so we can't have people in flux signing up to the old website and then also migrating them to the new web app. So if people want to join Hard Drive, they just need to go to harddrive.com and get on the waiting list because once we launch, globally next year. We'll just email everyone like, hey, it's ready for you. We'd love to have you. Um, in the meantime, we do have a lot of events open for everybody, just harddrive.com slash events. So people can always show up to the Zooms and just kind of get a feel for the community. Um, so those would be the two ways. Come to some you, events. I just think it's important to note when you say harddrive.com, when you spell yeah. it out. Oh yeah. HRDRV.com. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I've actually thought of changing the company name so many times because the SEO for it is terrible. You know, when you're talking to your friends about it and you say, oh yeah, it's hard drive. They'll lo go look at, they'll spell out hard drive and be like, can't find it. Um, so that is something that I'm, I'm constantly thinking about too. I think it's fine. Like I would wear... Yeah. In its current iteration, I would rock a hard drive hoodie, but I don't want a hoodie that just spells it's out hard drive. Hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, this is true. So yeah, hrdrv.com or herderv. Everyone herderv. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very bay. Very bay. So bay. Um, yeah. um, all right. Well, Mickey, thank you so much. I can't wait for more people to discover you. And you know, a lot of times I can be a little bit allergic to subscriptions because like I'm not in love with the Patreon model because I don't too. want something sucking another $3 off my credit card a month. But yep. if this is your business and this is your life, it feels like committing to something like hard drive is a much better plan and strategy than just signing away all of your rights. Like I really do want to put a bug in your ear. I think you could have an ancillary brand that's hard drive creatives and just offer your visual assets. I mean, you could do audio distribution for podcasting. That's mm. not hard, but mm. it feels like again like even if i think about my girl that made the cookies right like she did all of her own branding because she's super talented yeah. but i think there's there's market for that you're the ceo of hard drive now julie can you just take this take it are you kidding me i'm trying to get my idea fountain promo graphics from you <laughs> this is just why i do this podcast because i selfishly have all these questions i'm yeah. trying to figure out my life oh like, my gosh i love it though this is so this was so awesome i really appreciate you even thinking of me i admire you so much i am honestly i was telling uh you know tiffany when she connected us after i met you i was like i have literally never met someone like this before like so effortlessly helpful and like I just can't even describe I can't even describe it's just so genuine and that's so beyond rare so beyond rare so thank well, you I'm yeah. really lucky to uh have been able to grow up doing what I love and be surrounded by so many talented creative people that share their art with us every single day I'm gonna tell you one story before we wrap up <laughs> because it's just psychotic how much we take music for granted when all the world's music is on your phone okay so you know what happened to me this weekend i have been 
thinking about, you know how people in the last decade have gotten back into vinyl and having turntables? Yeah. And so it'll be like a cool thing in your apartment to have a turntable and some yeah. it's fine. I am such a music psychopath. Like I have a jukebox. I don't know if I could move it if my house was on fire, but it would be like the first thing I try to move. Um, but I now I've had a jukebox for a long time and we enjoy it so much. We use it every single day, but I've been craving getting a boombox. And part of it is some of that superficial, like I want to put a boombox on my shelf. Um, you know, maybe have a boombox that connects to my phone or something. But anyways, this is where I just go down the rabbit hole and I'm nuts because oh, yeah. I love music, creativity and community. So from a community standpoint, I am part of our neighborhood, like with my zip code, Buy Nothing Group. So it's an organization that we all have so much abundance in our life. If you have something you don't need, you can put it up. And this monitored group, people will come swoop it, right? Like somebody gave me some free promotional kicks I'm never gonna wear, put it up on Buy Nothing, right? Or for kids stuff all the time, there's like come ups like, yeah, I was totally going to buy one of those. Oh. And uh, but it also makes me feel good about get rid of, getting rid of things because, yeah. you know, sometimes you don't know where stuff goes. Yeah. Somebody put on our buy nothing group their tape collection from growing up, their cassette tapes in like a carrying case. Oh, and I was like, I have to have this. <laughs> they the deal on me getting the boombox, but I went and got this lady's tapes. And you know what I miss? I miss judging people by their music collection. <laughs> I'm done with you. Because it was so great to look at her tapes <laughs> and see like Janet Jackson control and like the talking heads and then be like, why she got this one? <laughs> like, where did this come from? And like trying to like understand her personality. But I'm so excited. I saw it on, I ordered it from Amazon. I didn't, I just did a like. Ended up getting it. I got the boom box from Amazon that's going to be functional, but I'm going to like start researching for an art piece. But I'm so excited because really one of the most important records of my youth was Janet Jackson Control. Oh, and wow. To like put in the A side and just let it play. Oh, like when you sing, so I'm really excited about that. Oh. And when I talk about how grateful I am for music, it's one of those things that just really means that much to me and it it's really hard to look at some of the greatest musicians in the world that can't make a sustainable living right now and so that's where it's just trying to figure out have the conversations get people together connect the dots and and that's where i'm excited about nfts but that's a whole other call <laughs> we'll have a whole nother interview yeah i have thoughts but i also have questions so me too we continue <laughs> yes thank you so much julie oh my gosh Hugs. I'm, uh, we'll figure out a time to do a proper hand. Yes, okay? absolutely. All right. Have a good Mickey Shiloh is officially one of the Thank smartest you. people nice. I know. Every time we talk, she blows my mind. I can't wait to see how she continues to grow and thrive. Don't forget, it's hard drive, H-R-D-R-V. If you're working independently as a creator, it's an incredible community to be a part of. Also, for the Idea Fountain, we've been diving in on the book, 
Death of the Artist by William Dershowitz on IG Live TV. More conversations are coming about every other week, or you can go back and check out past episodes to date once again on IG Live TV. The book is incredible. It talks about how the transference of wealth between the creator and tech industries in the last two decades has been about 70%. We might not have the answer on how to fix that today, but it's important to brainstorm solutions and talk about it every single day. I always say, the good music people have to stick together. Thanks again for supporting me and listening to The Idea Fountain. I'm Julie Pilot, and I appreciate you very much.